You're listening to the Fantrax Podcast Network. Fantasy Sports Entertainment lives here. Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ball blast. Ew. Ew. That's how we enter now, apparently. You're getting really good at it. I am. I'm going to like start perfecting <laughs> it. And by the Wait, end... start perfecting it? Because I feel like it has been perfected. Well, I'm going to leave you soon and start my own... That's literally your whole podcast? Come on, Michelle. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. We've got a fun show for you today. We're going to be talking about some running back by committee. (laughs) So that's uh, Doug Peterson, by the way. Yeah, coaches who just hate fantasy football and they... They want you to lose. They feel the need to make us all confused in the offseason and make this a running back by committee. Will it be a running back by committee? They talk up every player? Yeah, we don't even know. Will it be running back by committee? Will there be a workhorse? Who is going to come out of that backfield as the leading rusher? When we were going over the offenses we wanted to talk about today, we literally were debating some. And I was like, how are we debating some of these? Because we couldn't decide if they were going to be a running back by committee or not. And that's what coach speak does to you in June. My mind's going (laughs) crazy. And so we asked Twitter who you guys want to hear about, because I feel like we talk about a lot of the same players a lot. We, we love certain players and we're low. Yeah. And we're low on a lot of players too. So we end up talking about them a lot. So we want to talk about other players that we don't often or ever talk about. We got an awesome list from you guys. Um, We wanted to figure out a way to organize those. And I feel like a lot of the people brought up were ones that are stuck in those running back by committees or those wide receivers that are stuck in a group, a wide receiver core that's just super packed. Minimal elbow room. Yeah, maybe not a great group, but it's like who's going to be that wide receiver two or three. So we separated them out. This week's going to be running back by committee, and then next week we'll talk about those wide receivers that will hopefully jump into that wide wide receiver two or wide receiver three spot. So this week, running back by committees. um, (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I like some. I do like some, but we'll get into those later on. I think first uh, we have some news and notes to talk about, right, Kate? We do. Um, first, I want you to follow us on Twitter, though, at FFBobLast. I'm Kate. And follow my beautiful co-host, Michelle, at BobLastUm. E-M. E-M. BobLast, E-M. Um, we do have a Patreon page up, which I just actually posted a picture of our studio which is kind of looking nice. Uh, We got some new microphone booms. We have a little whiteboard that we're using to organize ourselves. And guess what, guys? We have an air conditioner. We're no longer going to suffocate in our attic. That is thanks to our Patreon supporters. So go check us out. Uh, Patreon.com slash ball blast and you get an extra episode a week so we uh we try to get those posted on thursday uh so thursday you'll get an extra episode we literally have a slack account we just talk all week long you ask us what you want us to talk about in the podcast and we will for sure hit those questions talk about your team talk about trades we We just did a mock draft on our last one so it's fun just uh if you want to support us we would love that we would love that Michelle, I think it's time to get into some news and notes. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. I no longer feel the need to preface the segment with the fact that none of this is actually breaking news. Not at all. <laughs> it is June and it is slow. It's June, it's slow, and it's coach speak season. It's going to rip your brain out. 
Rip your brain out. Rip your brain out. Yeah. Ouch. I, I, I get that it's not breaking news whatsoever, but I do love the news that comes out, and you have to take it with a grain of salt. Like, it is quarterback speak. Like a, a chunk of Himalayan sea salt. Yes. I mean, you have to- Like a big to, chunk of salt. You have to kind of dig through it and say, okay, what what am I seeing here? What do I believe? What is this coming from? And I think that's what we do for the most part. And I love talking about news and notes. I don't even care that it's the middle of June. I like the people we're going to talk about right now. So let's get into it. All right. Packers coach Matt LaFleur wants the running backs more involved in the passing game. They want everybody in Wisconsin <laughs> to be more involved in the passing game. I know. So I think the only thing this report can be about is Aaron Jones. I mean, come on. Jamal Williams is not the one he's talking about that he wants to be more involved in the passing game. In weeks 8 through 14, when Aaron Jones finally, you know that hashtag free, free Aaron Jones. He He was freed. Finally got released. So weeks 8 through 14, he was on pace for 222 carries and 66 targets. And he scored a touchdown or two. So at least a touchdown in six out of those seven games. He was on pace for 18 touchdowns, but let's not get crazy. Obviously, that's not going to happen. I still like it. And if he gets more involved in the passing game, I mean, watching him, he truly looks like a good running back out there. He looks like he can be involved in that passing game. He looks elite. He looks elusive. He looks like he can avoid any tackle. He looks like he's got superb vision. There were so many times, because I had Aaron Jones, so I'm watching the game, and he's wide open for a pass. And and Aaron Rodgers is, looks down the field. That's what he does. He's amazing, and he's looking for that long, deep pass. And Aaron Jones is sitting there, and he still was on pace for 66 targets because Aaron Rodgers still hit him in the chest plenty of times. It was just there were so many more opportunities Aaron Jones could have got. So if they're going to make that part of their offense where – Aaron Rodgers is supposed to look for the running back. That makes me really excited about Aaron Jones. And I like Aaron Jones a lot for redraft in 2019. I, I think he can be great. And I that's why I had him last year, because I really love him. Everybody loved him. And that is why the free Aaron Jones movement got up to speed. Yeah. Also on the free Aaron Jones movement, um, somebody stole Aaron Jones's girlfriend's iPad. And I really want to know if she got it back. How do you know that? She tweeted it. Everybody was like, free Aaron Jones. Free Aaron Jones's girlfriend's iPad. She's in nursing school. Give the girl her iPad back. How do you know this? She's saving lives. Why do you follow her? I don't know. Yeah. I'm a nurse. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. Give, give his girlfriend her iPad back. Um, Seahawks.com. John Boyle believes that the team's running back workload could vary from game to game. So... We've been sort of teetering back and forth between Chris Carson, Rashad Penny. Y'all know which side we fall on. Um, We've been sort of teetering on this seesaw of running back by committee. Nobody's really sort of talking about Chris Carson in this offseason. I feel like most of it has been Rashad Penny, and nobody's really 100% on board with the the true team starter. And nobody. I'm sorry. No team. Like this is not good for any lead running back for a team to come out and say the workload could vary game to game. Like that's not supposed to be like, oh, Chris Carson will have some good games. It's saying yes, our lead back last year may not be the lead back anymore in every game. Like I take this report as a positive report for Rashad Penny because guess what? It didn't vary game to game for him last year. It was just. Penny doesn't get carries. Like that's what it was. Penny might be active this week. Exactly. So maybe saying that the running backs workload could vary game to game when you had a pretty dominant workhorse running back last year in Chris Carson. Like you don't get that out of Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott or Christian McCaffrey or you know any any offense with that clear cut lead running back. You don't hear those reports. Yeah. They did spend a first-round pick on Penny. That is all I'm going to say. I feel like we've harped on this enough, but you do have to recognize, and I will also say this, I do believe that both running backs can be successful for fantasy football purposes in this offense. They want to run the ball in in 2019. I don't see Chris Carson as the long-term asset, but I do think we have to recognize that there's plenty of room a la Saints, right? Camara Ingram, one-two punch. Why can't that be I Chris think, Carson, Rashad Penny? I think there's plenty of room without even Penny 
eating into Carson's workload whatsoever. But what happens when Carson gets hurt, right? Because it's it's bound to happen. He gets hurt. That's what I'm talking about. And then what if he kicks butt? Bye. I don't want a running back that could break a finger, that could just bend his ankle the wrong way and miss a quarter, miss a game, and lose his job. Like, that's not a running back you want to own. And that is who Chris Carson is because he has a first-round pick on his butt. Someone that the team wants to give a chance to. Like, they want to give this chance to. And I'm not saying that Penny can go out there and suck and keep his job just because he's a first-round pick. But if Penny is producing the same way Chris Carson is, why would you play the guy who is a seventh-round pick instead of the guy you wasted a first-round pick on? If they're producing the same way, you're going to play the first-round pick. And that's all I'm saying. And if you have a first-round pick who is producing well that you just sit right back on your bench to warm it, that doesn't look good on you as a leader of an organization, no, as the GM of the Seahawks. Exactly. The GM who spent that first pick, you, he, don't, you, you don't, don't want him to yeah. be sitting there. No, you don't. You want him playing, and you're going to put pressure on that team to play your first-round pick if they produce if he's doing the well. same way or better, obviously. So I, I just don't want one of those running backs that are going to lose their job in the first time they have to sit for one second, one series, one and the, anything. The Seahawks are one of those teams that – sort of like harps on the fact that this is a week by week competition. You show week to week and you will be on the field. If you do not, you will not be on the field. And we saw that last year. Penny was their first round pick and he wasn't on the field. And it was because he had a minimal understanding of the playbook. He was slow. He was deconditioned. There were a lot of reasons that Penny were not on the field, was not on the field last year. And I feel like most of those have resolved. I agree. To some point. Um, I agree, but how much we talk about them so much. Anyway, let's move on. (laughs) Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan has said that Tyler Eifert's ankle is trending in the right direction. Who cares? Sorry to everyone's eardrums. Ouch. Who cares? Do you care? I don't care because I don't believe it. One good season. Okay, I believe. I believe it if he like if he stays healthy. What does that even mean for Tyler Eifert? Yeah, Tyler Eifert's not going to stay if healthy. He but even healthy. if he does, no, no. Listen, even if he does, he had one good season in four years. Oh no, sorry, four years ago he had one good season four years ago, and it was six hundred yards. Like, does everyone understand that he had six hundred receiving yards, and that is what people are hung up on. That amazing year, right? Of 600 yards. Yes, he had 13 touchdowns. Can I just say something right now? That's why people are hung up. 13 touchdowns. What? Can I have the floor? Are you going to say Eric Ebron? Uh, Yes, thank you. No way. That's what I was thinking. Eric Ebron. That is what Eric Ebron was. He was literally on the field for touchdowns last season. You enter in Mo Alley Cox. You bring back Jack Doyle. He Harris is not Campbell, going to, he is not going Hilton, to see, yeah, you long. cannot be high on every single pass catcher in this offense. There is not enough pass attempts for this offense. Listen, Stop. So uh, in five years when we're still obsessed with Ebron because of his 113 touchdown year, um, we'll think back to Eifert because Eifert will never be anything ever again. He had That's one strong. strong touchdown year. It wasn't even a good receiving year. Get over it. Don't draft him. Let's go. I like the next report. Let's talk about it. Dante Moncrief is a standout at Steelers OTAs. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So there has been a lot of tumult amongst the fantasy community when it comes to identifying the wide receiver two at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, who is it going to be? We saw Dante Moncrief uh, transfer over, get traded, um, who showed some promise, right? He's never had, like, this outstanding quarterback. He had a good season last year in Jacksonville with Cody Kessler and Blake Bortles throwing him the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Just as he was sort of coming up and maturing as a wide receiver, he lost Andrew Luck to the shoulder injury, had to play with Jacoby Brissett, who was fine, but I wouldn't say he's the type of quarterback to help develop his wide receivers. Um, Now he comes to Pittsburgh where he's got a – quarterback uh, who is undoubtedly headed for the the pro football hall of fame 
Yeah. I, so this is my thing with Dante Moncrief. If he was joining a team, right? So if he was competing with James Washington and he was on a team with a young quarterback that had all of this time to win a Super Bowl and to, you know, to really grow their team and to be great, James Washington may win out there. But you're dealing with Ben Roethlisberger, who's he, he's aging, okay? He, there's a very small window right now to win a Super Bowl, like tiny. It is Jeez, so collapsing tiny. very fast. So tiny. So if that's the case, I do believe that Ben's going to rely mm. on the veteran who's done this. He's been here. He's been here for a while. He knows what he's doing. He understands the playbook. Maybe not the Steelers playbook, but he understands how to understand an NFL playbook. He, under- he understands the navigation that comes with being Ex- a professional wide receiver exactly. in the NFL. So I just think it, he's going to be favored in this situation. And he has been decent, guys. Like So last year, I know everyone wants to hate on Moncrief, but like think about the Jaguars last year. The top leading receiver was D.D. West which I think we all are pretty high on, 101 targets. Dante Moncrief had 89. I mean, that's only 12 targets less. Like, let's calm down. It was just a bad offense. He was a second-leading second wide receiver on that team. Uh, I don't think you can judge him in that way. I think we were all excited about him back in 2015 with Andrew Luck when they were both healthy. And there's just been some situations where he's been hurt, Andrew Luck's been hurt. And then, like you already said, Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler, please. So I... I, I <laughs> Poor Blake. What is he up to these I days? don't want anyone to... Yeah, we're not talking about Blake Bortles. He's not allowed on our podcast. Oh. <laughs> I don't want anyone to think this is me saying Dante Moncrief is going out to get a thousand yards. Like, that's not what I think at all. But if you're going to own the wide receiver two there... For 2019. For 2019, it is Moncrief, in my opinion. All right. As much as it hurts me to do this, we got to talk about running back by committee. I don't want to. We're doing it. And it you know what? I think there's a lot of great options in here. I feel like I'm the only one excited about a player in each of the running back by committees. You are. And I'm like blinded. I'm like, no, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And you know what? I mean, there's tons of teams every year that actually do the running back by committee and kill us in fantasy. But I refuse to believe it right now. And I am going in full force, positive. They are going to just take over that backfield. And it's be- going to become this whole new fantasy Love fest. Call me a skeptic. Yeah, you're I am a skeptic. You are. But Michelle, your your duty, your mission, should you choose to accept, talk me into one of these guys. Oh, I will. All right. Where are we starting? We're gonna start off uh, just just a few hours east of here. Just a few hours east. Uh, we're gonna start off in Philadelphia, America's birthplace. So I know your opinion on. The Eagles' backfield. Darn skippy, you do. So you think it's going to be a full force running back by committee. I do. And you know why I think that? Why? They've come out to say they're going to utilize the running back by committee. Didn't they also come out and say that they haven't had a three-down running back, and it feels so good to have one? Yes. So, listen, guys. I know Doug Peterson has not used a workhorse back in Philadelphia. Nope. But how did you want him to use one? He's been there for three years. Last year, he had Josh Adams, Smallwood, Clement. Josh Adams was not bad. And, he's, and he gave him a lot of carries, actually. And the games, he, they were trying to make Josh Adams a thing. I mean, it's not his fault that Josh Adams can't be a thing. But they did give him a lot of touches in the games that he started. And then he dealt with the hurt Ajay. The season before that, another hurt Ajay because dude can't stay healthy. LeGarrette Blunt, Clement. Like, come on. The year before that, a hurt Ryan Matthews, who's still not great, Smallwood and Sproles. He hasn't had a three down back. I don't know how you just want him to pull one out of his butt and make <laughs> one just so he can make fantasy people happy. He was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City right before he became a Eagles head coach and guess what he had Jamal Charles and guess what Jamal Charles was at work horse back when he was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City Jamal Charles had 
259 carries and 104 targets one season. That's beautiful. Yeah, that is beautiful. So he is capable of using a workhorse back, of calling a game plan with a workhorse back. He just needs one. That's all he does. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders. So he was drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, has been sidelined through OTAs. Key, Key point in time for a rookie running back. Sideline through OTAs, he has a hamstring injury, which, God, if you don't get that fully healed, there's an easy chance of that recurring during the season. Yeah, that we makes saw me what a could happen. Nervous. But remember, last year at this, ta- this time, Saquon Barkley had a hamstring injury. <sighs> he had the same exact thing, And which I missed is funny. on Saquon in yeah. a couple of redraft leagues They're, because I was nervous. Exactly. They're both from Penn State, which is funny. They're both. Have those. I'm not those comparing Penn State hammies, baby. Everyone realizes I'm not comparing Miles Sanders to Saquon Barkley, but I do think Miles Sanders is the best running back to come out of this class. And yes, the hamstring injury isn't great, and that needs to be taken care of right now. But them not pushing him in these OTAs and the mini camp, I think, is great. Let that thing heal. He now has a full what six weeks before training camp even starts. While I agree, it is good to let the hammy heal. All about all about the hammy healing. Hammy healing. That's my new thing. Hammy healing. I do think that he is probably not caught up on the playbook. You have to be concerned about his chemistry with his starting quarterback, uh, with the handoffs, with just blocking schemes. You have to be concerned about that. When you are a rookie running back entering in the offense, we saw what happened with Rashad Penny, and he was there for OTAs. He missed out uh, through training camp, and but he fell behind fast. You have to realize then Rashad Penny had Chris Carson, who obviously I'm low on, but he was pretty efficient. He was pretty good, all right? Like, they're not going to just push in Rashad Penny when Chris Carson was a pretty good running back. The person behind Miles Sanders right now is Jordan Howard. We're going to talk about him later. Dude was not good last year. He just got a lot of volume, but dude was not good. So, yes, will Jordan Howard take some goal line work from him, maybe some carries a game? Absolutely. But Sanders is going to be used in the passing game. He's going to be used between the 20s. I think he will be the main back there. Uh, as long as he's not dealing with any of those hamstring you know, problems, I think he'll be great for fantasy next year, and I think people should stop worrying about running back by committee in that backfield. I hope you're right because I have him in some rookie drafts. Not a lot, though. Didn't have a lot of high picks, if you know what I mean. (laughs) I know what you mean. Um, Anyway, Howard, I do agree with you on Howard. I, I think most of, obviously, what he benefited from in 2018 was volume. I have been saying this from the moment Howard got traded. I do not think that Howard will be fantasy relevant. He needs volume to be fantasy relevant, and he will not see it. He might get some goal line carries, and that is it. Yeah, and do you want to jump into Chicago's backfield? We're going to wait for a second, but I really want to talk about Howard, and I feel like it kind of fits in right now. Let's do that. All right, so uh, another running back by committee is obviously the Chicago backfield with Cohen, David Montgomery now, (sighs) and then maybe if you want to include Mike Davis. Um, How do you feel about this backfield? Like, Which one do you want to own? I feel great about this backfield. Montgomery will cost you a little bit more. I do want David Montgomery because so despite the fact that we sort of thought or I feel like the perception, generally speaking, was, oh, we can't trust the way that Howard's going to be used. Oh, Tariq Cohen sniping all of his cares. He had a great workload. Like he was utilized very well. He did not fit the scheme. And that unfortunately is what sent him packing to Philadelphia But imagine what they can do with Montgomery, who is um, maybe a more dynamic running back. If he can if he can polish up to NFL standards, you literally just slate him in for Jordan Howard's workload. He's going to be productive. And can you tell me why Jordan Howard didn't fit the scheme? I mean, that's what everyone keeps saying. Is it only because he wasn't good? I mean, is that just an excuse now? Oh, he wasn't good in that scheme. I mean, he saw 270 touches. So. Nagy wanted him to be a part of his system. It's not like Nagy was like, oh, you just don't fit. I can't give you the carries, and that's why he struggled. He saw 270 touches. Guys, and like- I think because of his lack of overall production, he actually 
Like, nobody actually thought he had that many carries. Nobody thought he had that many carries. Well, and people always come out and say, well, he had a good season. Like, no, he didn't. Like, stop saying that. Nobody was happy who owned him. He had a voluptuous season. Yes, he had a lot of touches. He saw volume. Only 12 running backs in the league last year saw 270 touches. He was one of them. And, sorry, 250 touches. He saw 270. And he ranked 11th out of those 12 and yards per touch at four. Four yards. Four yards per touch. That's that ain't good, homie. So bad. That is so bad. The only person that was worse than him is Peyton Barber, who nobody wants this year because you shouldn't. But at least he's going, what, five rounds later than Jordan Howard? Like, super late. And even if you look at those ahead of him, like Christian McCaffrey had six yards a touch. Todd Gurley, 5.8. Everyone was well, well ahead of him. The person right in front of him was David Johnson at 4.5. So 0.5 more yards per touch. Pretty That's significant drop-off. big drop difference. Off. Um, I just – Jordan Howard wasn't good, okay? He That's, was not good. But tell me this. Do you feel like if Montgomery – say we literally copy and paste carries over from Howard to Montgomery, do you feel like Montgomery is worth the price – He's going around the fourth round-ish? Yeah. I, is he worth the price? If you tell me right now he was getting 200-plus carries, if he was touching the ball 270 times, I would buy Montgomery early. Like I would make sure he was on my roster in every team. That's really good to hear because that's exactly how I've statted him out for 2019. I want him in everything. I do too. And guess what? Dude can catch the ball. Like he can be used in the passing game, which Jordan Howard could not. They tried, they tried, and they tried in the beginning. And they were like, okay, yeah, this isn't working. So I do think that hurts Cohen. I think as a Cohen owner, you wanted Howard to stay there because Cohen had to come in on obvious passing down situations. That was his role. Now that is he what he did. Exactly. And now he doesn't have to. I think... Cohen could lose snaps, and I think he could lose targets next year. And I just can't see that being a good thing, obviously. And Here's I- what I think. In PPR formats, I do um, – I've heard some words that there is a possibility that Tariq Cohen will be used more wide out than he will be, you know, out of the backfield. Great. That would be great for the Bears offense. It would be great for Tariq Cohen in PPR formats. If he saw maybe a – Slightly higher passing volume, but he lost some of those uh, traditional rushing attempts. Would you be buying him in the fifth round? No, not at all. He is only, you're only able to buy him in PPR. And I understand he ended pretty well last year as a running back. I think he was like 11 in PPR, but he just had a few really good games. He had eight games with three or less receptions. And that's what, that's what you play him for is those receptions. He didn't even hit a hundred carries last year. You're like, you're not counting on that. If half of the games he has three or less receptions, you're disappointed a lot. In nine games, he had less than 60 yards total. Like, in nine games, he killed you, basically. That's what it comes down to. I I don't like people that can win me weeks three weeks out of the season and then just murders my my starting lineup the rest of the time. Never fun. Because then you don't know when to play him. You basically just have to play him every week yeah. and just hope that he goes off that week. and Especially with that draft price. You can't just let this guy sit on your bench if you're going to pay a fifth-round pick for him. Exactly. Like, that's not a that's not a late-round pick. That's a starter. There's a lot of there's a lot of running backs that go late in PPR because they're used in that, that, that role where they're the pass-catching back. But they're supposed to be going late, not in the fifth round where you can, you can still get awesome talent there. Maybe not great running backs. I know it gets a little thin there, but please give me Tevin Coleman. Give me Lamar Miller even, and I'm really low on him. Give me someone that can be that first and second down back as well as a pass catching back. Um, I I would much rather have the guy that can have the chance to be the three down back instead of only be that, only have the ability to be the pass catching dude in the backfield. Okay, can we move on to an offense that I really like and I don't know why? Go ahead. Who are we talking about here? We're talking about the Buffalo Bills. I love the Buffalo Bills. Why do I too? Like, I don't know. <laughs> why am I happened. excited about this offense? There is something that happened this offseason. Like some switch flipped in my brain. Weren't became they so a huge fun to Bill watch? Fan. I 
love the Bills, and we've been watching a lot of film. We've been watching Josh Allen. We've been watching Robert Foster. <sighs> Robert Foster. I love Robert Foster. Anyway, getting on to that backfield, we've got uh, TJ Yeldon, who, oh, Lord, you Twitter folk have been up my booty about. Good Lord. TJ Yeldon. Twitter's about the Yeldon, um, baby. Yeah. Singletary. We've got Frank Gore, the dinosaur. And we've got LaShawn McCoy, who's still not going away. The dinosaur point. Uh, Din- Dinosaurio point two, <laughs> 2.0. Um, LaShawn McCoy, he's about to turn 31 years old. He struggled last season. Um, he was not like this LaShawn McCoy uh, elusive back that we saw last season. He just... He didn't look quite LaShawn McCoy. And it's not that he's just 31 years old. He has been, his entire career, he's got a ton of volume. Like every year, the team that he's on just likes to give him a ton of carries, a ton of targets. So he has a, a ton la, of hits. A la Lev Bell. Yeah, a ton of hits on his body. So when you look at his stats, I mean, 2,346 rushing attempts. Oh, my God. That is a lot. And a lot of running backs cannot keep going after getting that many hits. So I do think we've seen by far the best of McCoy. He went down to 3.2 yards per carry last year. That's pretty terrible. (sighs) That's really bad. So I don't think he can be a workhorse anymore. So there's going to be room for others to get involved. Now, Frank Gore won't die. I mean, he just won't (laughs) die. So there's always a chance he comes in and steals all these carries, which is just ridiculous. Frank Gore, 200 carries for the Buffalo Bills in 2019. Book it. I just, I can't, I can't buy into him this year. I don't, I know I'm being stupid because all he does is produce. He does. But I think the thing is, um, here's what I think is telling about the Bills in 2019. So, they made several moves in the 2019 offseason. They acquired TJ Yeldon. They drafted Devin Singletary. They acquired Frank Gore. They're making moves. So I think that they are seeing the exact thing that we are seeing, Michelle, that LaShawn McCoy is not going to be a Frank Gorean creature. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't get why you would draft Devin Singletary in the third round, bring in two running backs in the offseason, if you think McCoy can still be McCoy or even 75% of McCoy. I think McCoy's pretty much done. That's what I'm coming with here. So Singletary is my dude. I like his tape. I like everything I'm seeing. I think he's got a lot of balance. He's, he's got the vision. He's, he just looks like a bowling ball. He's a pretty small running back. I think he's like 5'8". Not huge. You want you want a bigger dude, maybe a guy with a bigger frame, but he doesn't look like he's 5'8". If so, you watch his tape, he does not look 5'8". So do I think Singletary is going to be this great back that's in the NFL for 10 years? No. But I think he can be great for the Bills for the time being because And Josh for fantasy Allen, football purposes. Yes. Josh Allen's going to open up running lanes with his deep ball, with his own ability to run. They're going to be eyeing Josh Allen. Is he going to hold on to it? Is he going to take off and run? And that's going to leave whatever running back is getting those carries a wide open lane to run. And I think Singletary will get that shot. Give him some of those read options and boom. Right now the reports are coming out that the first team for the Bills running backs, uh, they're splitting carries between LaShawn McCoy, Frank Gore, and Devin Singletary. TJ Yeldon's not even mentioned. And, and everybody says that reps. he is going to be the guy. I'm sorry. TJ Yeldon is not going to be. The, stop trying to make TJ Yeldon happen. Yeah, he's not a three down back. I mean, TJ Yeldon had his chance within the Jacksonville offense last season. Um, he just he didn't look the part just like everyone else. So people get very excited, you know, when a running back does really well for one game or two games. Right. They can all of a sudden be this great running back in the league. But then once they had to hit that three games, four games, five games starting, you see them slow down. They wear down. Yet they're not able to produce on the ground. And they're, you, they show you they can't be starting running backs, and that's a Yeldon. Like, whenever he gets his chance for the first game or two, yes, he puts up great numbers. But then once you see him having to do it longer and longer and longer, he starts to disappoint you more and more every single game. So Yeldon is not a three-down back in my mind. 
and I don't think he will be used in that way whatsoever in the Bills. And he's already not even being named. They're naming every other running back is getting first-team reps except for Yeldon. That seems weird to me. If anything, I think TJ Yeldon would slot in well to that third-down roll, just like a three-down roll, not the one, two, three-down back, just simply the third-down roll because he, he is – a proficient pass catcher. When uh, when Leonard Fournette was out last season, he was actually on pace for 100 targets. He did well. He had a catch percentage of around 70%, had some touchdowns. He was utilized well. But I, I think that's sort of the extent to where his, his rushing ability caps off. He's a three down. He's a third down back. Third down. Um, he capped off his season high last year for actual rushing yards was 58, 58. Yeah. And some of that was his usage. He didn't get a, a high carry volume, but I think, I think even the Jacksonville offensive coordinator was smart enough to say, this is not a three down back in redraft. I'm not touching this backfield. I like Singletary, but I like him more for dynasty. Um, and he could totally break out in the middle of the season, but I think he's one of those guys that will be dropped onto waivers before he breaks out, a la a Nick Chubb, right? Okay. So I, I'm not going to waste a draft pick on him. I do think he ends up being good, just not a full season running back good. So I'm going to stay away from this backfield. I think it's going to be really ugly at first. Um, and I do like the Bills offense a lot. Give me Josh Allen. Give me Robert Foster. Give me John Brown. Um, but the running backs for now in redraft, I'm going to stay away. What about you? I think the one flyer I would take a hit on is Devin Singletary. He's going in like the 11th round, 10th round. Yeah. Why not? I, like who else is going around there where you're not drafting really your starters at that point. You're not drafting your core of your offense. If Devin Singletary, um, you know, we're going to get more reports on him, obviously, as as the offseason wears on. We're going to see how he does through training camp. If he has a clear path to be a starting running back, which I think he does, it's it's almost akin to drafting a handcuff. Would you draft a handcuff in the 11th round? Because there are plenty of people taking Daryl Henderson in the 8th. Well, Daryl Henderson can take over backfield. Like, but what I'm saying, you have an offense with a rushing quarterback who can open up lanes. If you utilize the read option correctly, you can absolutely open up rushing lanes for your little teeny five, eight, whatever running back. I just think taking over the backfield for the Rams is a lot different than taking over the backfield for the Bills. Even Tell though- that to everybody who's been drafting LaShawn McCoy in the well, First yeah, three rounds not, for years. I'm not saying he's LaShawn McCoy by not, any means, but a starting running back in fantasy football, if he is going to get the bulk of the carries, boom, give me that. Yeah, me too, but I just don't think he will right off the bat. So I think you're holding on to this dude that you hope to break out, and I think he will sooner or later, but I think you can let someone else take him. And then even if they're not dropping them, him, trade for him very cheap. I just – I. I would. He's going right around someone like Deonta Foreman, who I think right off the bat, game one, you will see, is he going to get a majority of the carries or enough carries to help you that year? And you'll know right away, can I drop him or not? Like, that's the kind of guy I want in those later rounds. Singletary, you kind of have to hold on to. Like, he's a rookie. It, it, you know you're not going to get the production from him week one, and then you're just maybe wasting a You still don't know that you time. won't get the production, though. We've seen time and time again, it is much easier for rookie running backs to come into these systems than it is for rookie wide receivers no, and become right. immediately productive. You don't, it, again, it's it's something that I think will develop through the offseason, but I think people are writing him off so early. I've, like, I've acquired him at the end of the second round in some dynasty rookie drafts. It seems too late to me. I think it is, and I I like him, and I like him in Dynasty a lot. Redraft, he scares me, but you can totally be right. Like, it does not take long for rookie running backs to show what they can do. I'm just a little nervous about... Did you just say nervy? Nervy. You're nervy? I always say nervy. (laughs) I'm a little nervy that the the Bills aren't going to to give them the shot right away just because they have those old vets that are just not going to do anything. Did you say old men? Yeah, Because that's what they are. That's what they are. McCoy and Gore, they're going to trust them, and they're going to not 
produce and they're not going to move the ball. And then eight games later, they're going to be like, oh, there's this really young dude that's really good. Let's put him in the game. And they're already two and six. It's like, okay, cool. But two and six does not discriminate for fantasy football purposes. They do not. And he could be great. I I don't know. I really... Okay, that's my whole pitch for Devin Singletary. I really like his film. If you watch um, at Angelo underscore fantasy, if you search him on Twitter, um, search at Angelo underscore fantasy, and then add in a little snippet about Devin Singletary, you will be brought to the greatest threat of all time. And you will see why I want to draft him in the 11th round of redrafts. Okay, okay. Back up. Listen, if you really need... Listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. If you need a good running back, let's say you you went really shallow with your running backs because you went wide receiver heavy. Zero And you need the chance for someone to break out. I think Devin Singletary is a pretty good shot in uh, round 11. All right, so we agree. Devin Singletary, a great... Running back shot in the dark. Round 11. Sure. That's what I like to hear. That's the spirit. (laughs) I do really like him. I'm just nervous. Redraft. You mean you're nervy. I'm nervy. You're nervy. All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. We've got two more backfields to get to here. New England Patriots. Y'all are nervous and we feel the heat on Twitter. Do would they be on this list every single year of life? Yes. Like, Bill Belichick hates, hates, hates your fantasy, fantasy football. Team. Oh, he does not play for sure. And it, he only made it worse this year by drafting a running back in the third round. Like, what is that about? All right. So last year, Sonny Michelle taken in the first round. They've got uh, James White, who I believe is going into his fifth season. They've drafted Damian Harris in the third round this year. Um, Sonny Michelle, he's got the knee injury history. Tore his left ACL at high school, left knee strain in the SEC championship in 2017. Um, Another left knee strain in uh, the 2018 season that left him out a couple of games. He's got the history. Yeah, I know. I mean, this offseason, he wasn't involved in OTAs and minicamp. He had an e-scope to clean up the procedure. A lot of people just didn't know what was going on. Like, it was He just wasn't there. And now all of a sudden reports say that he should be ready for minicamp. I mean, for training He's camp. He's running so. at full tilt. Yeah, I, I don't know what that means. I like Sony Michelle that I think he gets a lot of touchdowns. I think we both agree there that he yes. can get a lot of touchdowns, except he's going to have those games where he's just not involved. Like, he's not involved in the passing game. So that really hurts you. Like, to, to be in a PPR league, and, and that's what me and Kate – really play in like we play in all PPR leagues we do have a a standard league and in standard give me Sony Michelle all day long yeah but when you're drafting in PPR there's just too many guys that are involved in the passing game to take a Sony Michelle because he's not going that late like he's he's not going super early but I mean where is he right now in the I think he's yeah the 404 He's Which going isn't terrible. He's going around someone we just talked about, David Montgomery. Give me David Montgomery. He's going in front of Kenyon Drake in PPR. Give me Kenyon Drake. Uh, you would take Kenyon Drake over Sony Michelle. I would. <gasps> in PPR? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It and just then, sounds dirty. What's a killer is he's going like four picks and behind Carry on Johnson. If I miss Carry on Johnson and had to take Sony Michelle, I would be I, I give up fantasy football. Okay, that's 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 a little dramatic. Uh, don't can, be dramatic. Can you agree with me though with the New England backfield? You don't really want a part of it. I don't want a part of it, and I've been saying um, I've been like captain of the James White regression camp. Uh, yeah, same. I've so, been right next to your side. James White, um, he's absolutely due for regression. We always talk about candidates for regression. James White is literally leading that shift. So his career average, he's had around 38 rushing attempts for 148 uh, yards and a touchdown, 77 targets for uh, 57 receptions, 500 yards. That's nice. Last season, he saw 94 rushing attempts. Again, career average, 38. Five rushing touchdowns. Career average one. And that's being kind because the two years before, 2016, 2017, is zero. I was being kind. I was being kind, giving him one because he had two <laughs> random ones in 2015. I, I'm trying to be nice here. Um, and he had a 123 targets to his 
uh, previous average of 77. Yep. I, so James White, last year, right? Yeah. He was going in the 10th round, 9th, 10th round last year in PPR. So he was this big value, right? So he was someone I was eyeing last year in redraft, and I did take him, and he was great for a part of the season. Um, I ended up trading him just before he declined, which was perfection, and then I went on to win the title. So I'm just bragging now. But besides that, now he's up to the 6th round pick because of his great stretch of games last season. That's not a value anymore because now for him to make up that six round pick, he has to get pretty close to his targets because I will tell you right now, he's not getting five rushing touchdowns on the ground. Like It's not happening. He got them because he was the only running back left on the roster that could play. Like, I'm not betting that you will see both. Sonny Michelle and Damian Harris out of that lineup. And Rex Burkhead. And like Rex Burkhead. Cordell Patterson had to play running back last year. That was fascinating. It, so he's not going to get those five rushing touchdowns, so you have to take those away. And I'm sorry, saying he gets zero is pretty realistic when that's what he got in 2016 and 2017. And then so he's going to have to get at least close to his targets that he received to make his six-round pick even slightly worth it. And I just don't see that happening. When Rex Burkhead came back healthy, when Sony Michelle was fully healthy in the last four games of the season, his targets went down to four, seven, four, five. It's fine. I, I mean, you can still get some usage out of him, but he's not a six-round running back pick. The, the games where he was the only running back on the field, that's when he saw 10 targets, 14 targets, 10 targets, 13 targets. Once there was running backs back there, he wasn't getting as many snaps. He wasn't getting as many targets. Guys, he had a great stretch, and that's what it was, and that's all it was. I think the the thing that I keep in mind when looking at his ADP this year and where do I want to draft him is the thought, like, am I hoping that he's, he takes a step forward? So I always want to look at guys – for where they're being drafted, are they going to take a step forward? And I don't like this. This year was his step forward. Yeah. So for where he was drafted last year, of course, you were super, super happy with his performance. He wasn't consistent, but he took his step forward. He outperformed his ADP, and that is always what you're looking for. And that's what people remember. It's like, oh my goodness, I, I stole this guy in the 10th round and he was amazing. And that's why you're high on him. And I get that. And I, I do think the concern though is like recency bias. How how high are you going to draft him? Because he he helped get you to those fantasy football playoffs last year. Yeah, you're going to draft him too high. And Sony Michelle does have the injury history. Um, Rex Burkhead does have that injury history, but now they brought in Damian Harris. Is he going to get injured all the time like those two? If he doesn't, then I don't, I just, I think James White hit his ceiling by far. Uh, I, I don't think it can go up. It can only go down. And I think it, it I think it does go down by quite a lot. And I think people are going to be disappointed if they pick him in the sixth round. There, there comes a point where you really like players when they're cheap, but then once they get high, you're like, okay, well then they're not going to be on any of my teams anymore. And that's like James White. It's just like Kenny Galladay. Like guys, a year and two years ago, I was the biggest Kenny Galladay supporter in life. Now he's going in the third round. I mean, that's just, it's too high for me now. He's at his ceiling cost. So now I'm off of him. It doesn't mean I don't like him as players. I think James White is a great player. I think he's in a great system for him. It's just, it's just the price. It's the price. And Again, I'm always looking at who can take the step forward for where they're being drafted. James White, he's capped out for me, unfortunately. I agree. I think Damian Harris is super, super interesting. If I'm in a dynasty league and I am the Sony Michelle owner, I do. I want Damian Harris. You basically need Damian Harris. If you, you have need Sony Damian Michelle. Harris, overpay for him. I would. Um, and if I don't have Sony Michelle, I'm probably not taking Damian Harris just because like this backfield always is a disaster. So he's going to have less standalone value, but if you have Sony Michelle, you have an instant plug and play if Michelle goes down. He was a capable pass catcher in college. Um, and when Sony Michelle was active, they did give him around like 50 to 70% of carries per game. So they utilized him as a workhorse when he was actually active. 
So the key if, is, is he active? So you have to take one guy out of this group at their price. So Sony Michelle's most expensive, James White, right, is right in the middle there. Damian Harris is cheaper. Who are you going with? I'd probably take Damian Harris. And again, that's just, that's me shooting for upside for where you're drafted. Yeah, I like that. I, I Like I said, standard, I actually would want Sony Michelle. Like he's someone I would actually target in my leagues i think he can be a touchdown monster like i think i projected him for the highest number of rushing touchdowns in the league and that really hasn't even changed much with the news of like the knee scope and all this stuff but i think that my my concern with sony and it's a little bit less now because he's falling a lot in drafts Mm -hmm. I've seen him go as high as the early third, and now I'm starting to see him drift into the fourth round, close to the fifth round, and it's 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 mind-boggling. Yeah. It's Sony Michelle. He was a monster last year. If I go wide receiver heavy and I get into the fifth round and Sony Michelle's sitting there, I probably would take the chance on him just because like, – I, I would 100% I, take yeah. the chance like on him I in the fifth saying, round. I keep saying I think he'll be a touchdown monster. And even in PPR at, the, at that point, touchdowns do still matter a lot. So uh, fifth round, if he's there, I'll take him. Uh, the fourth round, it'll depend where I'm at. But um, I, I don't hate Sony Michelle. It's just his knee is scary, and that just backfield is just – stop it, Bill. Stop Bill. it. I know that you're not going to stop because you're amazing and whatever you're doing works. So, Kent Steelers, can you go to running back by committee, please? Because no. apparently it works. I'm just you kidding. stop that. Connor's my baby. Don't do that. <laughs> um, let's move on. Our last backfield. I like this backfield. I mean, there's about like... It's a fascinating backfield. Th- yes, it is. And I was going to say, there's about like five to 10 more backfields that are just running back by committee that we can talk about. Uh, We'll hit on them very quickly when we're done with this one, but this is the last like really good one to talk about. So we've got the San Francisco 49ers. The worst, right? I mean, everyone just loves to say they have 10,000 running backs because it's kind of true. Do you think Kyle Shanahan is just super confused? He's like, "Ah, which guy do I plug in here? So I'm a recruiter and what I picture on his laptop is just a pipeline of running backs. Like he he has them ready to go for the next one. He's like, okay, call Plug this person. Call Raheem this person. Mostert. Call this person. Uh, and that's, and that's his I, entire board is only running backs. But he's also like the best recruiter ever. He gets like he gets these running backs that just perform. I mean, it's and, part of the system. It has to be part of the system. Like I'm sorry, Raheem Mustard. Is that how you say his name? I don't even know. Mostert. I thought it was Mostert, Mostert not Mustard. He's the he's the Raheem with the Moster. Yeah, a Moster, and then uh, Jeffrey Wilson Jr. Like these guys would be on another team if they were as good as they were with Kyle Shanahan. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it's the system that works. So whoever's the lead back in this backfield is going to produce. It's just determining who's going to be that lead back. I think we can cancel out. Like we can cross out Moster and Jeffrey Wilson. Like I don't think. They're going to be a part of the Moster, backfield. I believe, is still recovering. He had a broken forearm. I want to say he had to have it surgically repaired. So I think he's – I think we can count him out. Jeff Wilson, okay. I'm also going to say I already, I've already seen reports saying that he could be the odd man out cut. So and I, not, I'm not surprised by that. That leaves you've us got, with three people. You've and got a good carousel of running backs. Should we bring up that nobody can stay healthy, though? Because like you just said, Mostert's dealing with a broken arm or whatever. McKinnon, torn ACL, Breda, I mean, everything in life. And guys, Breda, when you type it, like on Twitter or on your iPhone, it autocorrects to Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> and I could not find that funnier. <laughs> and I want to just start using Brenda as his name. Like, I, I actually... I so on our podcast, that. can he be Brenda? Brenda, we, okay. yes, Brenda. So Breda is Brenda. Okay, Brenda. Guys? So I was actually talking about Brenda on Twitter. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I was talking about Brenda, and I was saying that I think <laughs> yeah, Brenda I is easily going to take over uh, carries in the San Fran backfield by the end of the season. Brenda. Brenda, RB1, San Francisco. No, we cannot agree <laughs> less Brenda is sitting on the bench or not active during games because she is not able to stay. I love that you tried to say she and he. (laughs) She's not able to stay healthy. 
throughout the season. And I yet mean, she was on the field the entire time. <laughs> all right, maybe we should at least call hit Brenda a he. Okay, so he, we'll, we'll, we'll give him the right pronoun. Should we send him a link to this podcast? <laughs> no, we'll give him the right pronoun. We'll be, we'll be nice there. Okay, so uh, he can't stay healthy. I, I understand he played through his injuries last year, okay? But why are you playing someone... That's injured if you have capable running backs that aren't injured. So last year, they just didn't. I mean, they didn't have McKinnon. They didn't have Coleman. So if Breda's Brenda, sorry, oh my goodness, I used his wrong name, yeah, who? is injured, he's not going to play through it like he did last year. He's already hurt this offseason. How is that possible? I mean, he's just, he already did something. What did he do? Tore his like half torn pectoral muscle? Yeah, yeah. So those pecs. Dude can't stay healthy. You bring in Coleman, you have McKinnon back. He's coming off an ACL tear, which is normally never a good thing the first year back. But still, I think McKinnon will be involved. You add in Coleman, who already has the, uh, the, the experience with Kyle Shanahan. And he was great with Kyle Shanahan, right? Like He had one of his best seasons in his career with him. 118 rushing attempts, 520 yards. What I love to see is eight touchdowns. Like that's what I love to see because people are asking who's going to be the goal line back. And Coleman's not a big boy, but guess what? Brenda's only 100. (laughs) (laughs) I just tried to say that for real. Brenda's only 190 pounds. That's a big girl. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Brenda's only 190 pounds. Mostar, if you want to add him in, is only 180 pounds, 183. The Raheem with the Mostert. McKinnon is the heaviest at, I think, like 215, something like that. He's coming off a torn ACL. But also, dude's never scored more than three touchdowns in his career. And he did have a starting gig at one time. Remember, AP went down. So McKinnon had the starting job for a full season. was very disappointing. I get Coleman was also disappointing last year. But McKinnon had that and still has never had more than three touchdowns in his career. If Kyle Shanahan, when he was the offensive coordinator, uh, OC with uh, Atlanta, he, if Coleman can score eight rushing touchdowns with Freeman there, I think that's a really good sign, don't you? It's decent. I think that's really good. So if he already trusted him to be a goal line back, I, I, why, why wouldn't he be used as a goal line back in San Fran? And I think with already, with already his connection with Kyle, he's going to be the lead back. I am starting to love Coleman more and more and more. Like, more and more and more. Like, a lot. Like, I'm starting to love him. Like, he's going to be on all my teams. What's his cost? For real, though. He's cheap. Like, he's pretty cheap. So, I'm I'm looking right now, and I'm kind of stalling as we look. So, I'm going to go to PPR for Coleman. And I believe he's down in the sixth round. So, let's see. James Wright, Trey Cohen, and then Tevin Coleman. 603. So, he's going after James Wright... James White and Tariq Cohen, two people that are only involved in the passing game and who really we nothing just else. talked about. Who we just talked about. Tevin Coleman's not going to be just used in the passing game, but he can be super used in the passing game. So you get the best of both worlds, and he's going after those two guys. That is nuts to me. So Tevin Coleman, my dude. He was not that bad last year. I'm going to let you speak because I've talked a lot. But let me just say this really quick. Guys, you're hating on Tevin Coleman for being so bad on his chance. You have to realize he was playing behind a really terrible line. And he still was ranked 14th in yards per attempt. He was playing behind such a bad line that Atlanta felt the need to, to use their first two picks on offensive linemen. Like, that was their main focus this offseason because it was so bad. And he still ranked 14th in yards per carry for running backs with 4.8 yards per carry. Guys, that's pretty good. Gurley and Mixon had 4.9 yards per carry. And you guys love him. Coleman wasn't that bad. He just didn't get a ton of attempts. He only had 167 rushing attempts. Atlanta's defense sucked. They were losing a lot, which means you pass a lot and you don't run the ball. So give Coleman a shot. That is my case. Boom. Roasted. Yeah. Check out my boom roasted. Oh, Kate's boom roasted tweet is amazing. <laughs> um, I don't know what prompted that. There was just sort of like this fire inside me. You might have to go through that and cut out about 10 minutes of my ranting right there. I'm very sorry, guys. When I get when I get on a roll, I get on a roll. I think they know that by now. Hopefully that helps people with the San Fran backfield. I know you like Brenda. Do you want to go into more detail about <laughs> <Brenda>. it? Or <laughs> Oh, my goodness. So I'm going to go with Brenda. Because 
She's the cheapest. I, wait, but I didn't turn you on to Coleman at all. Um, no, you can fine. say no. You can say no. I, I'm still higher on Coleman than I want to be, but I still think he's more expensive than I want him to be. So here's why. Um, so I, I like Brenda. She's a, a cheap little thing. <laughs> She's going in the 12th round in half PPR formats. Um, she was the lead back, right? Remember, we're Fran. using he as pronouns. Oh, sorry. Proper. Um, pro- the, the lead running back in San Francisco last year, um, mostly due to injuries. We weren't really sure who was going to take over that role. But extremely effective. Extremely effective. He outranked Coleman, you know, both, both going into similar roles. Outranked Coleman in yards per attempt, total first downs. Runs of 10 plus yards or more. The only category which I find interesting is uh, as far as uh, where we saw Coleman, uh, you know, sort of take over Brenda's role was yards per yards after contact per attempt, which who knows? They he had a pretty bad offensive line. Perhaps it's just because they got to him a little sooner, but. I'm always chasing value, and that seems to be the theme of everything that I'm saying in this podcast is I'm always chasing value. And I get that. I just think you could get nothing out of Brenda, like at all. You, you, You're you so can, rude to Brenda. You can draft him, and just he doesn't play much. I mean, he had what, – what also scares me is that you need to see who's going to get these type of roles, right? So McKinnon is going to be very involved in the passing game, but so is Coleman. So is, so is Breda, Brenda going to be able to get those targets? I mean, he only had 31 last year, and he was the main guy. So I don't think he's going to be at all used in the passing game, really, with McKinnon and Coleman there. And then you look at goal line. He was a starting running back for 13 games, and he only had three touchdowns. Like, ooh. And then you add in these other running backs. Is he going to get more than three touchdowns? I don't get where you're going to get the anything from him that's going to be worth selecting him even in the uh, whatever it is, 11th round. 12th round. Here's what I'm going to do. So in the sixth round where, where you're taking Tevin Coleman, I'm going to grab me some Rashad Penny. And then... Except I would have already grabbed him in the fifth just to uh, make sure I secured him. Okay. I'm just kidding. It's over, My roster is always going to have either Tevin Coleman or Rashad Penny. I'm not going to have both uh, because I love so many wide receivers in that area that I can't afford to use two of those picks on running backs. I'm really hoping to have my running backs pretty dominant in the first few but rounds. But here is who is going in the 12th round. Devin Funches. Ooh. Justice Hill. Ooh. Question mark. Um, Dak Prescott. Love the value pick. Lamar yeah. Jackson. If I don't have a running back. Or if I don't have Naeem a Hines, yeah. who is great in PPR formats, but they've also said that Paris Campbell might be eating into his slot work. Damian Harris. We're all throwing darts. Uh, Devontae Parker. Traquan Smith. We're throwing darts here. I'm going, I, I'm throwing my dart at Matt Brenda. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Does uh, she appreciate that? I just think at that point, I'm probably just not taking a running back all the way that late. Because I'm looking here, I, I see Curtis Samuel going around that time. Deshaun Jackson, who I love. Going a little earlier than that. Okay. Pa, what pa, about pa. Dante Moncrief? I do like Dante Moncrief. Exactly. Deshaun Hamilton. Uh, even going later than that. Yeah, you're right. It gets to Devontae Parker, Andy Isabella. It gets gross. Devo Samuel, Randall Cobb. Kalen Balazs. You know who I'm Simmons. seeing here? Michael Gallup. Give me Michael Gallup, baby. But you're right. I mean, if you... I'm, I'm talking out of the running backs in this range. Like, why not, Brenda? If, yeah, if you're you need, the one that's saying that the San Francisco 49ers can't stay healthy, if that is the case and you truly believe it, go get Matt Brenda. Listen, you could do worse. You could take bunches. So, fine. Brenda it is. Brenda. 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 <laughs> all right. All right. To, so, to end our podcast, basically, we just made all of these running back by committees even more confusing because it feel like, feels like we did not agree on much at all. But at us, tell us what you like. Tell us what yeah. you didn't like. Who are you drafting? Where are you drafting them? Give us all the inside scoop. Um, you know where you should be drafting your leagues? Where? 
over in Fantrax. Oh, absolutely. Fantrax, you can have giant, big, homie leagues. Uh, you can have salary cap, auction, whatever you need to do, do it on Fantrax. Um, play some leagues with us. They've got some best ball tournaments. They've got some salary cap leagues, which you know I'll be in because I've always wanted to do one. And it just so happens that it's available on fun trucks. Go play on fan tracks. Play with us. Sign up. Um, your leagues are free over there unless you want to upgrade. But it, it's a free platform, and you can do a lot with it. So go check out Fantrax.com. Check out all of our awesome content. We've got really good, really good writers. We've got Nate Hamilton, Joe Pisapia, all of the best in the biz. Go check out their work over at FantraxHQ.com. Lots of great articles up. Some of my articles, got some running back rankings up that I put up this week, Um, quarterback rankings, we've got all the good stuff, fantraxhq.com. Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash ballblast, and please, oh please, leave us those five-star reviews on iTunes. Yeah, baby. Yeah, boy. Um, We're going to keep up the awesome content, um, but your five-star review means a lot to us. It helps others find the podcast um, and gives us a little bump in those searches so that, you know, when people are looking for fantasy football, they know where to go. We will see you next week. Yeah, we will. Bye. Bye, guys. When is a calculator more than a calculator? When it takes me from solving math problems to exploring the universe. Staples is your back-to-school destination. Find all the supplies and inspiration you need. Come in store this week for our 50-cent deals. Staples composition books, two-pocket poly folders, 120-sheet filler paper, and 24-pack Crayola crayons, all 50 cents each. Staples, back-to-school and beyond. In-store only. Offer in 7-13-19. Limit 5 on filler paper. Limit 30 on comp books, folders, and crayons. While supplies last. With the 5, 10, 50, and 100 times the money scratchers from the Virginia Lottery, you get more times the excitement. Because with the Times the Money series of scratchers, you get the chance to multiply your winnings. Like if I were to multiply how many times I said the word multiply. 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 Okay, but it's much more exciting than that because it's multiplying money. 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 Like that. Look for the Times the Money family of scratchers today.